click on the wrong thing there. <laughs> I did. We, have we, we've never done it properly, have we, ever? No, we haven't. I was like, oh, yeah, click on uh, my layout. And then it's like, no way, that's my stream layout. This isn't my podcasting layout. This is the worst thing I've ever done. Like, why, why did I make such an obvious and, like, um, uh, simple blunder? But, yeah, welcome <laughs> to episode 70 of the podcast. Yeah, episode like, 70. We didn't stutter. Yeah, it's, it's really weird, isn't it? How we went from 68 to 70 straight it's very away. Strange. It's yeah. Very strange. And, like, I can't, like, and, yeah, I know, it is episode 69. I'm refusing to acknowledge it. Like, I can't think <laughs> of anything on the internet that pisses me off more in regards to, like, um, commentators than yeah. the 69 nice thing, than maybe the first. The, do you like people oh, just saying yeah, first? Yeah, the classic. Closely followed by people putting hello. On the second one that the video goes live to try and talk to people. Oh god! Like the uh, the classic one of just like putting the hello there, and it's like I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Yep. Oh, god. Like, do, I, do you remember that guy who did that in my chat once? Who put hello there, and then because <laughs> no one responded in thirty seconds, answered himself saying General Kenobi. Yeah. And then <laughs> just didn't get. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. God, and uh, we'll point out for like the people watching on stream that like, I've abandoned the rainbow room. Yeah, I've noticed that's like, going on. The lighting works for when I'm like a small little bit in the corner, but I was like, ah. with my face being like fully blown up and the webcam obviously decent quality, but not fantastic. Like, I just decided I'm gonna suck it up. The rainbow room exists for streaming. Like, when we're gaming, the podcast is gonna be. We're going to have the serious lighting with just, like, the white behind. And I was trying then to see if there was a colour that would show up with the, the brighter light for mm-hmm. my uh, lighting, but it just it fades out completely. It just puts a tint on it, yeah. And, um, mm. yeah, as usual, we are recording this um, live on Twitch. So if you're one yeah. of the people who like, wants to, like, see us record this live for some reason. Me looking very tired, I suppose, yeah. you know. Lucas, Lucas, it's 2021. We're all tired. Yeah. We're all tired, but you can do that um, on twitch.tv, Carl's Ward for me, and then twitch.tv, Legend of Canto for yourself. Uh, yeah, indeed. Because I'm getting better at this, uh, this professional thing. I've just realised as well that I swapped our cameras around, but on my overlay, I didn't swap the links for low on aims. Oh, no. Oh, well, webcam, so it just says that I'm Carl's Wood and you're Legend of Canto, but we'll go with it for this episode. Fuck it, who gives a shit? But yeah, people can do that. <laughs> for people in the chat watching live, we do Q&A at the end of the podcast, but we may refer to chat um, as and when we feel like it, but... Before yeah. that, Lucas, uh, how do you feel on this episode seventy of the of the podcast? Uh, again, like a little bit tired because you know, twenty twenty, isn't it? Twenty twenty one. You're still tired from twenty twenty. Yeah, I'm. I'm tired from twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty in twenty twenty one. Sorry, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, other than that, like I'm good. I've got you know my coffee right here in my Minnie Mouse mug. Yeah, I've got coffee as well. It might not look like it, I'm but ready. I make my coffee with milk instead of water now. Because you know oh, what? Okay. Fuck it. I'm living that life. So it's basically <laughs> a latte. Uh, so yeah, like it's one of those things of just... I'm a bit tired, but I've had a rest today. Uh, my, my new video went out and it, that went quite well. And then I've got yeah, my coffee. I'm ready for the streams. We're uh, ready. Talk about your new video. Because this is something I know you've been working on on and off for over a yeah. year at this point. So tell people at home what it is. Yeah, this is not like not the individual video that I've been working on for a year, but like the general idea yes. I've had for quite a while. It's something I've wanted to pursue a bit more this year. And one of the main reasons I actually stopped doing so many Let's Play videos. Um, so the video is just called Why is Golbat? Why Golbat is actually terrifying. Yeah. 
And it's just a, a deep dive into looking at, like, the actual science behind a five-foot-something Golbat that is looking to drain blood from victims, including human beings. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a... When you put into, like... When you put Pokemon into the context of, like, real world and science and stuff, it's really fucking scary. Yeah, and um, it's one of those things that I, I'm not overly a fan of sometimes when people do that sort of thing like um oh mm. use real world logic to judge a fictional universe by but i watched your video and you mm. do that but in a way that makes sense so you're not saying oh it doesn't make sense because a five foot tall bat couldn't scientifically exist it's yeah it's like humans exist in that world mm-hmm. evidently and humans exist there's no evidence to say that they're not the same kind of like no people as us like, yeah, they're, exactly. they're, like, their bodies work on the same rules out it's just that like pokemon exists in that universe as well yeah, and it's it's one of those of not questioning whether Pokemon can exist, but how does the world work when you just fully accept, yeah, Pokemon are fucking real, and all of these things with batshit crazy powers are just roaming wild. Yeah, and uh, Mike, I watched the video and just like the one that I didn't know was just like, oh yeah, it will eat Golbat, the bat Pokemon that's five foot tall, will drink blood until it can't fly. <laughs> It's like it legitimately says in multiple Pokedex entries, like, yeah, it will continue to drink even if it can't fly anymore. It's like, oh my God, like that thirsty fucking Golbat. And you know as well that we've all been there. Like, there are plenty oh, of yeah. days where, I, where I've drank <laughs> so much I can't walk anymore. <laughs> I just didn't know that it could happen if you drank blood. Then again, I guess if you drank a little bit of blood, that put me on my ass. I don't think it tastes very nice. No, like, uh, obviously most people have done the thing when you, like, get cut and lick your own blood and it's like, oh. Yeah, it's also all the texture. Because they never get it right in movies, do they? Oh, yeah, like, movie like, blood. When it's normally just, like, red dye and, like, corn syrup water, isn't it? Yeah, like, fake blood in movies always looks terrible. And it actually looks better in black and white movies. Uh, do mm-hmm. you know why? Uh, I'm not sure why. Okay, so fake blood in um, old black and white movies, because... It uh, doesn't look right. Um, modern fake blood has been used for decades. They use, it's like stage makeup was used originally, and obviously they took yeah. stage from, from stage to film. But when they tried filming stuff in black and white, um, fake blood for the stage just looked wrong. It's too pale. It doesn't oh, look okay. like blood, despite the fact that it is ostensibly a blood standing. It's bright red, but on mm-hmm. a black and white camera, it doesn't look right. Uh, right. So what they do is they use chocolate syrup, which has the same <laughs> consistency as blood and looks more like blood than blood does in black and white. And isn't that super stupid to think about? Yeah, uh, that really is. Chocolate syrup looks more like blood than blood does on black and white screens. Yeah, because it's not that thing of like what... We don't obviously see the world in black and white, so seeing blood in black and white, it might be blood, but it doesn't look like what we imagine blood to look yeah. like. And I it's love that. It's like, thing, um, yeah. have you ever seen what they had to put makeup? When they put makeup on actors back in the day, um, in mm. black and white times, they would wear like red and green makeup. Oh, really? Yeah, because obviously skin tone makeup looked wrong. It makes you look washed out. It makes you like yeah. look really too pale. So you can't mm. actually see the contours and definition of a face. So they used to put uh... people in green and red and pink makeup. <laughs> and it looks hilarious. And that's why if you watch shows like um, Star Trek, the original series... Everyone's got super extra eyeshadow on. Uh, like, right, ev- yeah. Everyone's got like full on eyeshadow on, and that's because um, 
that show aired at a time when some people still had black and white TVs. So many, in fact, that they actually had to do the makeup so it makes sense for colour TV and black and white. Oh, that's a challenge. Yeah, so that's why everyone yeah. has really extra... Like, if you go look at like, um, Lieutenant Uhara, you'll see she's mm. just got the most just fucking extra bright purple eyeshadow and even like <laughs> Spock wore eyeshadow on that show. It's great. Yeah, and um, I even remember just doing theatre back in the day of like having to do a lot of things like wearing eyeshadow and mascara and stuff just to um, make your eyes accentuate more because a lot of emotion comes from your eyes and when you're 40, 50, 60 foot back in the audience, you will find it very hard to see somebody's eye on stage. Yeah, you can even see it in like videos like this. If you watch our videos, I mm -hmm. have had on multiple occasions, people legit ask me if I've got jaundice. Oh like, yeah. Carl, like, Carl, are you ill? Because your skin looks yellow. And it's like, no, it's because I'm not wearing makeup, but I've got stage... I'm not wearing stage makeup, but I've got stage lights, and I'm in front of a green screen. Yeah. So the green's bouncing off, and it gives me a green... Like, even now, you can see. Like, my yeah. skin tone and texture is very different to what it looked like in a video, because the lighting's so different, and the camera's so different. Mm -hmm, exactly. And, like, that's the thing. I can see myself on the webcam, and I look even more washed out than I do in real life. Like, I'm a pale boy anyway. Like, I'm a yeah. ginger guy. But... I can see on my webcam, like, yeah, that big light that I've got right behind my desk and just, like, the the weird, like, going to quality uh, of the camera and stuff, mm -hmm. it just makes me look, like, just completely washed out. And it's, it's why, um, I'm guessing this is true of a lot of people, when they have the moment of looking in a bathroom mirror and they look so good. It's like, mm. oh, man, I look really good. And they go out and they go into any other light and they look terrible. It's because bathroom lights are directly overhead. Uh, I feel so it it's almost... Like as if, like, the equivalent of when you're um, playing a game, um, bear with me here, of, like, you go to the character creation and they have oh, the yeah. super good lighting on the character that makes the face look incredible. And then you go, confirm, and then the first cutscene, you're like, who the fuck is that person? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll play Mass Effect 2, I know what you're on about. Oh, God, yeah, the Mass Effect ones are bad. Or like, uh, for some reason, where the, it shows you the character's face, it's completely, like, just stoic and not moving. But mm. the moment they attach your character's face to, like, the skill, skull rigging they must have, and just, like, your lips start pursing through themselves, you're like, oh, God, no. Yeah, that one was Mass Effect Andromeda, that one, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Like, Commander Shepard, are, are you okay? Like, no. I'm, I've never been okay. <laughs> oh, but, oh, in that vein, though, Lucas, like, what do you think is the best you've ever looked then? As a jump like, like when's like the like the time you looked in the mirror and gone, fucking yes, that's him, that's me right there, that's um, the one. I don't know, probably like one of the weddings I went to a few years ago. Like I, I wouldn't specifically point out which one, but like weddings are a classic, yeah. You know, when I was twenty years old and skinnier and in better shape and not like nearly thirty and just going, oh god, I, I look terrible. But yeah, probably just like, you know, when I've made the full effort, I've got like fresh dyed hair, I'm in a suited up, and I'm just like, yeah, man, yeah. There's just something about the feeling of being suited and booted as a man, isn't there? There is, yeah. Uh, it's how I imagine um, girls feel when they put on, well, it probably is, it's the equivalent, isn't it, of when they get a really, really nice dress. Yeah. And they do all their makeup and stuff, and they feel like that. But when you just put that suit on, and you just stand there, and you go... And you find yourself just doing that so much, it's like, oh, yeah, you stand just a little bit taller. You've got a bit more of a you spring do, yeah. in your step. And you get that click. There's nothing I like more than that click-a-clack of wearing dress shoes. On oh, yeah. Yeah, and just, like, walking down a quiet corridor when you've got dress shoes on. It's like and that like, clickety-clack. Oh, yeah. You feel powerful. Like, 
You feel like that shot of, you know, like any time there's like a powerful woman walking down a corridor in a movie oh, and they're wearing yeah. the high heels and you just see like the stomping down. It's like, yeah, mom. Yeah. Yeah. Feel that get, power now. Then if Joss Whedon directs it, they zoom in right on their feet. <laughs> oh, God. That's the one. But uh, that thing is, that's like one of my favorite scenes in a cartoon, which is the Agretzko show, the first episode. Where it's um, Goro, I think it is, and Washimi. When it's like, oh, wow, look, that's the secretary to the head of the company and head of marketing. And they just do the the power walk, the body. Like the, <laughs> the, and they have their own theme song. It's like, da da da. It's like it plays every time they walk into a scene. And they get to the end of a corridor and go, man, this baddest bitch in the room walk really hurts my back. It's like, don't show weakness. Don't show weakness <laughs> in front of the underlings. It's like that. That is how I want to feel every single day. I want to do my baddest bitch in the room walk. And the thing is, I've not seen that show, but the moment you explained it to me, I was like, I can visually see that in my head. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Just watch the first episode. It is absolutely incredible. And just that moment when those two characters appear on screen. (laughs) They're the best two characters in the show. Hmm. Of just when they're doing it and they call it the baddest bitch in the room walks like fucking two writers. Yeah. That that is the proper name for it, yeah. It is. It's the only way to refer to it, and it's just like there's just something about like being all dressed up and prim and proper. It's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, what are you doing this week? Oh sorry, you had some. Well, stuff. I was about to ask you I was about to ask you if you got any other type of moment where you're just like, Yeah, I fucking feel good right now. Uh it was a random one. Uh it was like I still remember it because I uh, I have the photo locked away somewhere. And it was uh, mm. when I was at the peak of going to the gym. And I just got out of the shower once. And I just took a... And I went, look. I took a picture of myself. I went, I look pretty good. And I took it. And I went, yeah, I look really good in this photo. And then I looked down. And because of the lighting, and I've got out of the shower and I'm wearing a towel, it's just like you can very clearly see a defined just like contour of my penis. I can never <laughs> share this photo because it's going to look like a fucking set. It's like, no, I just genuinely thought. I looked in the mirror and went... I look really good. I should take a photo of this just so I can, like, you know, remember looking this good tomorrow. And it's like, oh, no, it looks like a dick pic. You can never share it anywhere. Oh, God. Fucking great. And it was just a random day where I was like, you know, you just sometimes get out of the shower and you go, yeah, after you've, like, had a proper scrub and um, a soak. Fair enough, yeah. I I, I appreciate those days. Just one of those. It's the confidence, isn't it? Confidence is key. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like... It's, uh, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it's um, just like the number one thing you need. And I never have been able to like take any advice on dress and clothing and stuff like that. Because mm. the most confident people... like If you're confident, you can wear whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah, totally. And um, yeah, I, I, that's the thing is, when you're wearing something that like you've just been told to wear... Whether you know that you look good or not, there's always that weird disconnect of like, okay, it's like this is cool and like I might look good right now, but it's but it's not what I wanted to wear. Yeah, and if you don't feel comfortable, and that's why um, you can always tell when someone's not confident in themselves because mm-hmm. what's the, like, you know, the classic look that everyone says like the bad look for a man like cargo shorts and then like an anime oh, yeah. t-shirt or like a fedora or something like that. It's like. Plenty of people can wear that and pull it off. I've seen many people pull it off. It's just they need yeah. the confidence to do it. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. So, oh, like, um, don't wear a graphic T-shirt. That looks bad. It's like, um, I call it the Tony Stark. Just wear it with a nice jacket and wear it with confidence. You can pull it off. 
But Carl, it's 2021. It's quite hard to feel confident at the moment. It is, yeah. After no, like no. a year of fucking lockdown. We might be coming to the end of that because I'm starting to be in that, it's that weird bubble where friends of mine like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting the ejection soon because of where mm. they work. I'm like, well, I'm self-employed so I'm right at the bottom of the fucking pile. Yeah. I'm never getting that injured. I'm going to be like the very last one in England, I swear down. Well, last thing is a lot of my family work in either NHS or NHS adjacent workplaces. And they're all like, yeah, I get, got my first injection, like getting, get my second vaccine like next month or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Me in general, see you in like September or something because we're both working from home and have no reason to not be working from home. Like both of us can stably yeah. do this. So yeah, like we are at the bottom of the barrel and that sucks for us. But we're both in that mindset of like, it sucks for us, but it's way more important to get it out to those people so we completely understand. Yeah, like the people who actually you know, physically have to go out and work. But it's just one. Yeah. It's just kind of weird that I'm already on the cusp of starting to see people like, yeah, I can finally get back to normal. It's like, damn you, curses. Yeah. Curses on the lot of you. But well, I'm so happy that you're able to do that. Good for you. Yeah, I'm going to love like my family getting together in summer and all of them can go to like one house all vaccinated together and I'm there like, I guess I'll uh, like Zoom call in or something. Just I'm sit never, in the corner. I'm never fucking using Zoom ever. I refuse oh, to use God. it. Just we on principle. It on, um, we used it over Christmas and it was like seven different households all Zoom calling each other. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And like uh, my heart goes out to people who like kind of have to do it. Hmm. And, I've, and I've seen some of the ones that I, I reckon that like, it'd be so awkward. And it is, um, oh, like teachers and stuff and college students. Uh, student, oh, yeah. Um, hang around after the lesson is done and we'll do, like, you know, a meet and greet. And it's just like four people turn up out of like a class of 60. And you're like, oh, God, that'd be so fucking awkward. Yeah, that like, really would be. Icebreakers are already awkward enough. And I imagine it online with like accidentally like, talking over people and you're like the bad lighting and everyone can see where your bedroom is. <laughs> I, um,. I still remember, like, speaking of icebreakers, of just turning up to uni, and I um, got, like, because, you know, we went to the same university. Yes. Um, Like, I got the wrong building, because, like, like, there's, like, eight different buildings to go to spread across, like, the city campus, and I just ended up, like, ten minutes late to the first session, and just, like, ran in. I was like, oh, sorry, I'm late, sorry, I'm late, like, dead flustered and just panicking. It's, everyone was in the middle of icebreakers, and I was like, <laughs> oh, this could have... Like, the one thing that made it worse than just normal icebreakers was being the late dickhead to the icebreakers. Because then everyone's going to ask you why you was late, and it's like, oh, yeah. no, why's that guy who was late? Oh, it wasn't good. I used to turn up, go to the wrong room so much back in university. Because I could yeah. never, run, like... Um, uh, for context, um, the university campus where I was was like 10 floors. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you need to go to room like 1003. And I'm like, is that the first floor, room 03? Or is that 10th floor <laughs> number three? So, so many times I'll be going to a room and go, um, is this uh, like uh, like history of media? And be like, no, that's on the 10th floor, mate. And it's like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> there's, no, there's, there's no worse than being late and knowing you've got to run up 10 flights of stairs. Oh, God. Uh, Carl just refusing to use the elevator. It's, it took longer. Yeah, it did take forever because you would get in that elevator and if you're in one of the top couple of floors, you're like, there's going to be people getting on and off every, uh, every fucking floor. Someone will it, get off it. It did take forever because there some people wanted to like get to the top or some people wanted to get to every individual floor 
then some people were transferring lessons from like floor two to floor five so every single floor there were people getting on and off and it just took forever yeah, if you're on the tenth floor, it's actually easy to walk up the stairs. Yeah. And I remember, that. but it's well, that's why it get me. I'm like, oh for fuck's sake. Yeah. And I distinctly recall there were many times where I just looked and went, I'm on the tenth floor. I went, not today. <laughs> just not today. I'll get it. I'll just um, email like, someone oh, in the class. Oh, what Like eight a.m. seminar on the tenth floor. Like, I'll get the cliff notes. Cool. I'll be honest. Um, every um, what it was now. I, I was in uni for three years. Mm. Uh, for three years, I had a 9 a.m. two-hour lecture on the same subject for those three years on Tuesday. And I went to Monday Corp every week. Yeah. And I never missed that lesson because I was like, I'm paying nine fucking grand a year to study here. <laughs> I'm getting my goddamn money's worth. The one lecture that I did stop turning up to, like, just full stop, mm-hmm. was the lecturer that would... Um, like he built a slideshow for every single like one hour lecture and he would but stand then. there for the entire hour and without asking any questions, any like, you know, input from us, he would stand there and word for word just read every line and just stand there and just read it and just no extra explanations, nothing. And then at the end there was no like questions or anything. There was no discussion. No, no discussion. It was just an hour of him reading out the slideshow notes really slowly. I was just going to download the slideshow that he puts up 10 minutes after the lecture then. Yeah, I remember seeing that um, when I went into a class and just I was sat next to my mate and um, a guy was talking and my friend just opened up his laptop, clicked on the slides and was like, just went with his finger like this. <laughs> uh, shut his laptop and left the room and went, I'm going to the pub. <laughs> so there's no point. You are not teaching yeah. me anything I can't teach myself. If, I, if you, like, you give me no extra input, what is the point? Yeah, and that's the thing is the uh, the seminars that that guy did were quite insightful and useful for the subject, but it was just like, what is the point of me turning up to this if you're going to really slowly read a slideshow back to me? Like, Joel, that's the equivalent of it. It's like when games and TV shows and movies put too much of a subtitle on screen at once. Oh, God. Like, Joel, and they put like an entire paragraph on screen so you know the conversation that's about to take place. And you're like, well, I already yeah. know what's going to happen now. Oh, God, I absolutely like hate that. that. I've just oh well I know what's going to happen thirty seconds later in the cutscene because you've put it on one giant paragraph on the bottom of the screen. It's like ah, do you want to tell you what game I've played recently? That's really bad for that. Um, I because I think it's a sale, so I got um, Assassin's Creed Oasis. I think it is the other one that's set in Egypt. Is it? Oh, uh, Origins. Origins. Sorry, yeah, the one that's set in yeah. um, uh, Egypt. And yes. the the subtitles on that are like they take up the entire bottom of the screen. I've never yeah. seen subtitles so fucking massive. Assassin's are, Creed is just awful for subtitles, I've found. They are fucking humongous, but they're on for like all the flavour text in the world. <laughs> so when you're like riding around on your camel, which is admittedly awesome when you're riding around on a camel mm-hmm. and just like hitting people with your camel and be like, yo, fuck you, I'm an assassin. Um, every time someone goes like, ow, it's just ginormous on screen. It's like watching 60s Batman. <laughs> Jokes like, yeah. pow, chow, pow, everywhere. Constantly just on a screen, it's just... Oh, hey, is that Bayek? It's like, well, yeah, it's Bayek. Also, I'm wearing a mask. How do you know it's me? <laughs> I um, I really don't mind the idea of like the new Assassin's Creed games. They seem quite interesting. And I've played the first few hours of Odyssey and plan to go back to it at some point. But I'll tell you um, one thing, though, that put me off immediately, and I turned it off 
straight away the moment it happened. Oh, really? He was. I was playing Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm getting into mm. it. I'm like, actually, you know what? I don't like this character's pretty cool. It's a pretty neat setting. I'm liking the idea of like exploring Egypt, going to like yeah. you know, climbing the pyramids and shit. Because okay, tutorial area over. Leave the oasis and go track down. Go track down your like targets. Just do 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 do. Woman steps out of um, an animus machine. Oh, yeah. Wow, that was turn off straight away. Go, like, can I skip these scenes? You can skip these scenes. Okay, I'll get a couple of scenes. Go back. Funnily enough, uh, that's where I left Odyssey. Is the cutscene where it came back to modern day, and I was like. I- and that's enough for today. <laughs> I genuinely cannot believe they're still trying to double down on that. Yeah, I know. It's baffling. It's the most divisive. Not I want to say universally disliked, but I want to say like just maligned yeah. by fans. Like, yeah, I because can't... Like, we've both mentioned this before. Like, I never find anyone that's interested in that future scene stuff. But some people are because they liked the um, uh, Assassin's Creed 2 storyline. Which did link in with Desmond, but it's like the moment they stopped mentioning Desmond, like, stop fucking putting this future stuff in. It's so, it's tone annihilating. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it happens in um, uh, Origins. Like, the impetus for the story is, like, your character, mm-hmm. who you spend, like, you know, an hour and a half getting to know, you see, like, but without any context of why he's doing what he's doing, you get the cutscene that establishes it. It's like, oh, they killed his son. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, man, I now want to go kick the shit out of whoever I'm going to kill. Boo, doo, doo, doo. And my mission is. Oh, you've been in the Animus too long, get some water. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to mention about Origins, and the thing that turned me off it was I was planning at some point to like, pick it up on sale. Yeah. Then I heard um, somewhere on a podcast, like, oh, um, did you know that they were actually either meant to have Bayek's wife as the main character, or at some point... Um, Bayek's wife was meant to take over Bayek as the main character. I've not met his and, wife yet, but I've heard that she's awesome. Yeah, and it was the idea of, oh, that sounds really cool. Like, being able to play as this female as well. And they told Ubisoft to, like, the developers to take it out of the game because female protagonists don't work. Even though they did that in the previous one, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, where you can play as a brother and a sister. And I'll yep. tell you what. I played every opportunity as the girl. That's because, all I heard people say is Evie was the better twin. Because you could swag around wearing your pimp hat and your cane and just slap people <laughs> with your assassin cane. It's the best. It's so good. Oh, God. But yeah, that really turned me off of like, no, fuck you. We don't want a woman in this game. I was like, well, I'm not buying it anymore then. If that was your stance, it's just I'll like, go it's... buy Odyssey where they've got fucking Cassandra in it instead. And that's the character everyone plays. It's like, you either play Cassandra or you're a coward. <laughs> it's like, do you want to play as, like, Leonidas' ass-whooping daughter or generic Spartan man? No, no, thank you. And I appreciate in the new one, um, Eivor is, like, you know, a female and a male at all times. Like, you have the choice to just swap on the fly and you can be either of them. Yeah. I was like, I don't mind that because it's like, oh, there's... All that we know is it's like this legendary Viking, Eivor. Nobody mentioned whether it was a man or a woman. Because they're a Viking, all that matters is they're a warrior. <laughs> yeah, it's like, fuck like, that. It's, fair enough, cool. It's a warrior society. They don't give a fuck like, what you got between your legs as long as you can kick some ass. It's like, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, and because you're playing, obviously, in the Animus, it's like, oh, you can choose what you want to do. Because you're basically mm. just living out there. That's a really neat way of like contextualizing that. Yeah, I, uh, I appreciated it. And it's like there's that great line in Mulan that references it. Where I don't know what's the villain of Mulan called again, do you remember? But it's like it's the Mongol leader. Uh, it's Genghis Khan, isn't it? 
it might have been. I just don't. I just know that there's the Mongol leader, and when he encounters Mulan, he just says the warrior from the mountain. He never acknowledges oh. that she's a woman because in Mongol culture, women could fight just as well as men. Mm-hmm. So he never once acknowledges the fact that he doesn't treat her any differently when he finds out she's a woman. It's just, oh, it's you, the warrior. Yeah. The person who bested me in battle. Like, I don't <laughs> care that you're a woman. I just care that you're a warrior and therefore like, you're going to challenge me to a fight. At the end of the day, that's all that should fucking matter in a fight. And then but he's the villain. Win? Yeah, but then he's the villain. Well, yeah. Yeah. But he did, he did also, you know... like slaughter millions of people so that might be the part that makes him a villain yeah fair enough but it's like um, Shan Yu apparently is the villain Shan Yu okay but it's just that weird thing of um, uh, villains having such a good fucking point but then putting the uh, the point like uh, for example like uh, Cruella de Vil which we could talk about because this is great because I recently watched that 101 Dalmatians and there's that amazing line that she drops of um, I think it's her the person just working for it. It's like, oh, you've got so much talent. You've got so much talent. It's been wasted. He's like, oh, I just I just really want to get a husband and, you know, settle down. And Crowleyville says, more women have been lost to marriage than have been lost in war, famine, or, like, or anything <laughs> like that. And yeah. it's like, why is this the villain saying this? She's absolutely 100 fucking... She's 100% right. And it's... The breakdown I saw is, is because Disney wants to present it as an opinion only a woman who wants to wear a puppy coat could have. Even though she's right. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like that old, like, I mean, I guess not even old school Disney, just that Disney view of, like, yeah, must have, like, traditional female role. That film as well is so hilarious because the woman, like, I was watching it um, with the missus and we just looked up the actors. It's like, oh, yeah, the the guy that she falls for because he has a Dalmatian, that's literally the reason they fall in love. Yeah. It's like he's 25 years older than she is. Oh, my God. And it's like, she's told you have all this talent and skill. And it's like, no, I'd rather care for a hundred fucking dogs. Oh, Christ. But yeah, like, I um, I actually watched the trailer for, was it just called Cruella? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, it's amazing because I have, it's all I think when I watch it is, this woman tries to skin puppies. <laughs> like specifically, Cruella de Vil singles out skinning puppies because puppies have softer fur than adults. <laughs> so she specifically wants to murder puppies. It's like, I don't care what fucking Joker-esque movie you want to make out of this, where they, I, I guess they're going to try and make it have some sympathetic, crazy background story, but it's like, but she actively wants to skin puppies. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no, no f- coming back from that. It's like, she's not, like, she's not even a villain. She's a cartoon character. Yeah, literally. Like she, ha- there's no redeeming qualities to her. It's ridiculous. It's like, like, it's like, oh, it made a fun trailer, but god damn, that's going to be a hard sell. It's it's probably the hardest of sells because there's nothing people love more than adorable dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just all you've got to think every time she's talking about people don't like me because I'm a woman. It's like no, it's because she tries to skin puppies. It's because your whole thing is wearing fur. You are obsessed with killing and skinning animals and then wearing their fur. That is your thing. No, no, Carl. It's just because she's a woman. Yeah. It's not because she's trying to skin puppies, even though that's exact. That's like all she tries to do. That's like the impetus of her character in Hundred One Dalmatians. I will say that Glenn Close was fucking nailing that. Uh, I don't remember who Glenn Close is. Uh, she's just a really good actress, and she's like absolutely one hundred percent nailing in every scene she's in because she just looks at the scenery and goes, "I could eat that." 
Is that the woman playing Cruella? It's the woman playing Cruella, yeah. And Ah, she is fucking incredible. Every scene she's in is amazing. And I would watch a film of that. Mm. I would watch a film of her being the villain. (laughs) As long as she gets a comeuppance at the end, that's fine. But I would 100% watch a film of just like crazy, like, billionaire. I'm going to try. Do you know what Mr. Burns? Yeah. That the song he sings about, like, see my vest. He's wearing, like, the fucking, like, uh, the gorilla <laughs> chest v- uh, vest. And he's got, like, the hippo, albino hippo slippers. Oh. I want to see that made into like, a two-hour-long film. Make it a musical. Fair enough, yeah. Because, like, I do remember watching that 101 Dalmatians film, like, the live-action one a while ago. But that is... She is mainly what I remember from that movie. Yeah, and that she's and the, the best dogs. part of it. The dogs, yeah. And... You can tell as well that the dogs are like really poorly trained. Yeah. Uh, because uh, fun facts about Dalmatians is they are horrible, horrible dogs. Like, they are the oh, worst. Like, they are impossible to train. Really? Yeah. And, and one of the facts about um, 101 Dalmatians after that film came out, um, people started adopting Dalmatians en masse against the direct advice of the Dalmatian Association of America, who said these are very very challenging dogs they mm-hmm. are working dogs because obviously they like they're associated with fire houses it's because they were one of the few dogs that would um follow the fire um uh, engine without getting scared because they're uh, deaf okay because they suffer with chronic deafness so they oh. weren't they weren't scared of the blaring horns of the firehouse because they were deaf well, that does make sense. But like, they're working dogs, and they need to constantly be challenged. Otherwise, like giant huskies and other working dogs like that. Yeah, Where they they're not a family pet. They mm-hmm. they need to be worked. Otherwise, they get full of energy and they tear the house apart. So all that happened was people adopted these Dalmatians on mass and then took them to shelters because they couldn't deal with them. Yeah, and um, I know that like we one of younger. I think it was actually before this movie came out. Um, our like family dog for a, maybe a year or two was like a Dalmatian crossed with like I think it was like a Spring Spaniel or something. So two notoriously just really difficult like and active dogs. Yeah, and it just got to that point of like my parents just couldn't deal with that and three kids and had to give it away in the end. And it's just yeah that it's I can like... totally see that of I know that dog tore our house to shreds. Yeah, it does. And it's like um uh, same thing happened with Game of Thrones where um, they introduced the direwolves. People yeah. like those dogs. Like, wow, the direwolves. Those direwolves are awesome. I want a dog that's like a direwolf. What's a dog <laughs> that's like a direwolf? Oh, a husky. And they were adopting huskies en masse. Again, and dog experts like don't adopt a husky unless you can look after it. A, a husky needs to be walked like three miles every day. A husky can run a marathon a day without mm-hmm. getting tired. You need to be able to look after it. Yeah, I um, I worked with someone back in Nando's who, like, uh, their family had a couple of huskies. And it was like, oh, yeah, they, they probably need to be outside for, like, four to six hours every day. Otherwise, they'll just be running around the house completely energy, like, full of energy. Yeah. A friend of mine, um, he adopted one. So he went to a, a pound and was like, oh, we've got a husky here. Like, no one wants it. No one can look after it. And he's like, well, yeah, my family own, like, five miles. Like, they own, like, land. So he lived down oh, in the right, fucking yeah. woods. And he's like, I'd take it for a two and a half hour walk every day. And then I found out, it's like, that my parents were also taking it for a two and a half hour walk every day as well. <laughs> All around. It's like, it still was full of energy and never got tired. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is, I would absolutely love, 
Like, I love the idea of having a husky because huskies are absolutely beautiful animals, but... They are, yes. Yeah, I'm fully, fully aware that in my current situation, there's no way I could look after one. And that, that's the one that I like, though, because uh, it was uh, my friend who owned it called Sasha, and he would always steal stuff off his mm. plate, and every now and again, he'd just post a picture of it, and it's there with his, like, his, um, his toast or whatever, and it's like, he does always caption it, Sneaky Sasha. <laughs> just a sneaky sneaky sasha oh, God. and it's like that's the dog you want that's like the cool one and like we obviously we've got Kay, jenna and i and the thing like, is yeah i don't think he, how many walks does he need well, like, he his legs are, his legs are like this big but his legs are like this yeah. big are they? but like obviously he's a hunting dog so like they, they do have a lot of energy admittedly yeah. they can't like he can't run as fast as i could when i'm trying to chase after him if he runs away but yeah, it's um, he's got quite a lot of energy considering how small he is. But I was gonna say, like, just when he's being sneaky, it's so hard because obviously he's just a tiny little miniature dash and he looks so cute. And every time we're like mad at him, we turn around, we're like, I'm fucking annoyed at you, but why are you so goddamn cute? Like, it's so hard to stay mad at you. Oh, that, that's one of the things about dogs as well that always like just amazes me. It's one of the things that I, it blows my mind when I try and think about it. Is that dogs, you can breed a temperament onto them. Mm, yeah. Like dogs are like on a on a genetic level a program to behave in a certain way. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to think about, isn't it? That they're so yeah. specialized. Like some breeds of dog are so specialized that it is it just traits are inherited from birth, and they just know. Yeah. And that's the thing is, um, like we were looking at oh. You know, he, he chews a lot of its toys, like, completely through and stuff. And, like, when we were looking into any ways to stop it and stuff, it's like, no, like, Dancies just have a, a bit of, like, that bred into them of... They described online of, like, oh, yeah, they, they tend to, like, find a point to pick at on that toy and they won't stop until they've destroyed it. And that's just a trait that they all have. And they were, we were just like, yeah, that's exactly what he does. And it's weird that something so specific is just inherited to an entire breed of dogs. And it's crazy to think about it. It's like, um, uh, what is it now? There's a, very, there's a now defunct, I don't know if it's the right word, defunct, extinct maybe, breed of mm. dog that no longer exists. It's called the turnspit dog. You ever heard of a turnspit dog? No. So this is a specific breed of dog that was bred specifically to Joe Worm back in the uh, the days of um, uh, like castles when they had mm. big spits in the um, uh, the kitchens and they yeah and they just turn it to roast meat like they're not from cartoons they're real they're a real thing because that was yeah, the yeah. only way to cook especially large pieces of meat evenly before yeah, like people you know, use the... them for hog roasts now still don't they yeah but like, they were the only ways you could cook like a lot of meat evenly on thing and as you can imagine that's like a fucking job that no one wants no one wants to stand next to a fucking roaring fire <laughs> for like eight hours a day just turning a spit. So what mm. they did is they invented a device, like a big wheel, essentially a giant hamster wheel connected to the spit, and they bred a species of dog, or a breed of dog that did nothing but walk around those things, called turn spit <laughs> dogs. That was their name, that was their purpose, and they would be used as foot warmers. Oh, God. That was their other job, where uh, people would take them to church, and they'd lie on your feet. Yeah, yeah. And the story goes that um, uh, if the priest would shut his book too much, like too hard, because it sounded like someone opening the door for work to start, all the dogs would run out of the church. 
And he's like, what? Well, that's like such a specific thing. It really is, yeah. And obviously, you can even look at um, like a lot of dog breeds and how it works. Like, yeah, I, I say like we've got a, a Dachshund, and it's like that is, is that bred to that? go down like, yeah, rabbit on, holes and badger <laughs> holes and stuff. Yeah, so if anyone's ever wondered, is it Dax? Is it Dachshund or Dachshund? Uh, I've been told that a lot of British people pronounce it like Dachshund, but I've been told like it is Datsund, and we just all say it wrong. But yeah, oh, okay. I tried to say the right way, but. Um, I often forget because that's just how I've been brought up to say it. But yeah, they are. That's the reason they're like so long because <laughs> to they fit just down rabbit holes. Go down rabbit holes, and, and then you can I'm still grab for. the then you can grab the bat legs and pull them out if they get stuck. It's and like because oh you look at a dash a dash on and go, why is it shaped like a fucking sausage? It's like oh, so it could fit down rabbit holes. Now it makes sense. Yeah, and just you look at sheep dogs as well and things like that. I don't know. Um, and what bloodhounds and the like? I don't know how we've managed to do. It. Obviously, it's like just selective breeding over oh, a yeah. long period of time. But to get desirable traits um, that yeah. become exaggerated to the point of ridiculousness. The one I look, Joe, you know, um, uh, like bloodhounds. They've got the really big ears. Yeah. Like you might think, what are those ears for? Can the can bloodhounds actually hear very well? So I did an article on this. It's like dogs with floppy ears can generally hear as well as other dogs, mm. but. Um, they tend to go deaf more because their ears are, as in, um, their sense of hearing is as important as their sense of smell. And the long ears of a bloodhound and similar um, hound breeds are to stir up smells as it runs its head through the grass. Oh, okay. So when it's like sniffing along the floor, its ears will mm. drag along behind it and like um, stir up scents. Yeah. That's why they have long ears. It's like, you look at, why has it got such long ears to do that? Yeah, and that's like a, tr- a common trait within like hounds of different breeds and stuff and that makes perfect sense now that you've said it but it's so stupid isn't it they've got they've got ears so they've got why why do these dogs have long ears to help them smell better (laughs) because you say it it sounds so stupid doesn't it It why do like why do bloodhounds have big ears to help them smell better that makes no sense it does if you think about it but it's too difficult to explain right now is that the one i like do you know why dogs uh, walk in a circle before they sit down no. Uh, it's because uh, it's trained in them from being wolves to um, stir up snakes. Oh, okay. It's like just in, again, on a genetic level, um, they're scared of snakes. So mm. they will always like walk in a circle before they sit down to patrol the area. They don't know why they do it, but they still do. <laughs> and that's like, uh, what's the famous one with humans? It's like when you sometimes wake up and just in the middle of the night and just go, huh. Oh, yeah, you're like, will leap forward a little bit as if you're falling off a tree and have to grab a branch. And that's supposed... I don't know how true it is, but like the it's supposedly that is ingrained in all humans on a genetic level from when we were apes yeah. and would fall out of trees. <laughs> that's so dumb, I love it. It's God. great. One uh, little thing that Cade does that you've reminded me about, though, is... Okay. It's really funny, because when we're on the sofa, like, he has... Uh, a little couple of steps to get him up and down the sofa. Because I love that he has that. Jumping, like, down, um, like, you know, relatively tall things, and, like, that can eventually be really bad for their backs because they're so long they have bad yeah. back support. But it's really funny because if he needs to, like, rearrange himself when he's on the sofa, what he has to do because he's so long is go down the steps off the sofa and like reset his position and like reverse come back up the steps it's like oh, yeah. he's so long he can't rearrange himself on the sofa he has to t- like reset 
Are you telling me that when your dog wants to sleep, he has to reverse into bed like an articulated lorry? <laughs> Is that what you're telling? Are you telling me that dashuns are like articulated lorries? Oh, Just do, do. You need to get him some like lights for his rear end <laughs> for when he does that. But it's just so funny. It's like, oh, oh, what are you getting off the sofa for? Oh, you just need to uh, move yourself on the sofa. So he, he'll, like, run all the way down the stairs, like, give himself a shake, run back up, and he's immediately back. It's like, okay, mate, okay. Oh, man, I, 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 don't, I can't imagine how much of a ball ache that would be. I think the closest I get is when I have to get out of bed to get back into bed because uh, I've got, like, two quilts. I've got a blanket for when it gets cold, and mm. there's nothing more annoying when the blanket doesn't quite reach your toes underneath and you can feel like one part of your leg is not as warm as the rest. And it's like, it's easy to get out of bed and just start again. I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not dealing with this again. God, I'm putting off. I absolutely hate that. I, I toss and turn a lot in my sleep and then sometimes it's just like, why is this, like this duvet makes absolutely zero sense anymore and it's just like curled up into a mess and I'm just like, I, ca- I can't, I can't shake this off anymore. I can't do it. Yeah, like, I think it's the, like you uh, can't just reset by shaking. The worst one for me is like when the fitted sheet comes off, and there's no way you get like, and you, you always try and make the mistake of putting it back on while you're still in bed. So you're never going to do it. You've always you got to nev- try. You've got to try, but you are never ever going to get a fitted sheet back on while you're still lying on the bed. And, and you'll always do it, and you just try and like pull it over the corner while you're still lying down, like oh come and on. And then you'll do it enough, and then the one near your feet will pop off. You're like oh come <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> What was this? Well, oh, looks. I believe though you had a. T- oh my god, that is a massive fucking bottle of water. Whatever the hell that is. Hell yeah, is that it's, it? uh, like Vinto cordial. I was about to say, is that coffee? <laughs> that would be a coffee and a half, like that- two point two liters of coffee. I'm fucking hey, ready. You need to. You need to stay so alert. <laughs> uh, like you want to be able to see into the future by drinking is that, that much oh, coffee. Oh, Lucas, are you joining us for Borderlands later? Oh, oh, Lucas has had a heart attack. Sorry. Yeah, his heart just exploded and fell out of his body. But uh, Lucas, yes, I believe there's something you wanted to talk about on today's podcast. It's the anniversary of something. Uh, yeah, just a, a little something called like the Nintendo Switch, and also by that like way of saying Breath of the Wild. Okay, so how old is the Nintendo Switch now then? Uh, so it's four years old today, and for oh. the audio listeners, it is like four years and one day old because we recorded this the night before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, goddamn, like the Nintendo Switch and Breath of the Wild, I still just can't wrap my head around them being real sometimes. Like that is an experience and a half. Yeah, and I played Breath of the Wild on your channel. We will finish it eventually when the dark times end, but yeah, yeah I, the, what I love about the Nintendo Switch so much. Is is that it just quietly exists in the background? Like Nintendo doesn't even need to engage in the console wars. Mm-hmm. Like they don't even like they're so far beyond the wars. It's like they are. I you know that old meme of like, oh yeah, they're out there living in like twenty thirty. It's like Nintendo is. <laughs> so while you've got like Xbox and PlayStation struggling and try not struggling, but like trying like you know snatch scraps off each other's plate, mm-hmm. Nintendo's like. Fuck it, here's another Pokemon game that's going to sell like 20 million copies, done. Yeah, it's like, oh, what did Nintendo do last year? Well, uh, they farted out a Mario port of three games that sold like 15 million. Uh, They also released Animal Crossing, which was like the best selling game of the year. Uh, Did they do anything else? They didn't need to. No. They sold like 20 million Switches doing that. It's okay. 
they released an old port of a game that's like 20 years old and it sold more copies than Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> and it probably cost them like eight quid to make. <laughs> it barely yeah. cost them anything to make looking at the... It's like, yeah. And I love like, that. We, we didn't even make it widescreen, you fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah, it, they are just so far beyond in terms of just like success that it's not even a competition. And if it was, it wouldn't be fair because they'd win every time. Yeah, and they've um, managed to always kind of have a hold over that handheld market. And now that they've gone, well, why do we need a handheld and a console? We're just competing with ourselves at that point. Just bring it in. Just smash it together. And they did. And it's just incredible to me, like for all the mistakes that um, Nintendo makes, just Mm -hmm. nothing can slow them down. Yeah, that's always the thing, isn't it? Of like, well, for every... You know, I love the GameCube, but it didn't sell well. It wasn't commercially that successful compared to, like, <laughs> a PS2. But it's like, for every GameCube, then it, they come out with a Wii. For every Wii U, they come out with a Nintendo Switch. It's like, you can never count Nintendo out of the race because every time it's like, well, the Wii U was a failure. Should Nintendo even make consoles anymore? And they go, I remember those, fuck yeah. you. Those fuck hot you, takes. Nintendo Switch. It's like, um, yeah. The one thing I always appreciate about Nintendo is that they have such a mystique built around their brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like that, and you can tell, or you can you can assume that one of the reasons they're so protective of that brand is because nobody else has a brand as powerful as Nintendo's in the gaming market. Yeah, they like, really uh, don't. Next, the uh, thing I've mentioned to you before, but I can mention for the stream and for the people listening on the podcast is. Um, uh, Nintendo likes to use the phrase Nintendo Magic. For example, when, yeah. when the Amiibos were first made, like when they mm. announced Amiibos, it's like, oh, you might have seen there that something weird happened when, uh, was it uh, Iwata who demonstrated it in the initial reveal trailer? Was when he played with Reggie Fisame? I presume it must have been. But like, he like, he pulls out and goes, oh, you see there, Mr. Iwata? Because I was just going to assume it was him. Uh, mm-hmm. Won there. And he couldn't have done that without a little bit of Nintendo Magic. <laughs> and you see that, and it goes, that's perfectly in line with the brand. But can you imagine, like, who's a person from PlayStation or Xbox? Um, Any of the high up? You could say, like, um, Jim Ryan. Okay, it's so like Jim Ryan. Imagine go, he goes on stage and talks about the DualSense 5. Mm-hmm. You might wonder how the DualSense has, like, is it the haptic triggers? Yeah, like the haptic yeah. feedback and stuff, like, yeah. You might wonder how these triggers work. Well, that's some PlayStation magic. You'd tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you would yeah. tell him, like, he would be in, like, that would trend worldwide in, like, mm. the gaming section of Twitter. It's like, fucking moron goes on stage and makes a complete ass of self. Well, did you actually see, like, a while ago when, um, the, I think it was Jason Trier working at Kotaku at the time that was talking about, like, here's what went wrong with Anthem. And apparently in Bioware, like, the upper management always go, yeah, but it'll be fine because of Bioware magic. <laughs> and it's like, no, fuck off. Like, magic they, doesn't make games. They believe the hype of their own product. Like, they have, they're smelling their own farts and getting high off their own supply. Yeah. In that regard. And it's like, no one else can get away with it but Nintendo. And I think if anyone else tried, it would come across as sad, desperate, or just, like, patronising to their audience. Well, last thing, like, yeah, you read that and go, Bioware said Bioware Magic. Like, fuck off, you idiots. And then Nintendo don't, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So, oh. if, like, uh, in regards to like, Smash Bros, 
It's like, mm. oh, how did you get so many um, characters? I think even Sakurai said something along the lines of, oh, it'd be difficult for anyone but Nintendo to get this many characters working on one game or something like that. Yeah. It's truly like a triumph for us or something like that. It's like, yeah, only Nintendo could do that. Nobody else has the like, marketing clout that they do. Yeah, and nobody else has the relationships that Nintendo does because like, I can't imagine, even if it was like a third party, say, like, you know, Activision... I can't imagine Activision or even like a PlayStation going to every other gaming company and being like, we want to put one of your biggest characters in our video game. Well, we know that. Yeah, we know that's not the case because PlayStation tried to do it and they couldn't even get fucking their own mascots in the game. Yeah, like they couldn't even get the likes of um, Lara Croft or Crash or Spyro. Yeah. So that Um, was what um, PlayStation All-Stars, when they tried to make a Smash clone. Yeah. And they couldn't even get the own ma- their own mascots for their own console onto that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we've got a uh, like Kratos. It's like, yeah, but what about like the, the people that made PlayStation One? It's like we've got Parappa the rapper in the back. I guess yeah. we can pull him out. I suppose. Don't, just don't look at the voice actors' tweet history. It's not great. Oh, oh god, no. Yeah, he's one of them. Yeah. He's one of those where he's like, oh no, not Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> he's not just that. a little rapping dog. God damn it. It's, it's like the voice of uh, Tidus. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. The voice oh, of Tidus and um, who's it now? Not Ratchet and, I think it's the guy from Ratchet and Clank, maybe. I think the guy yeah. who does the voice of Tidus in Final Fantasy X also does um, uh, Ratchet. Oh, uh, right. Okay. And it's like, oh, he's a piece of shit as well. It's like, oh, god damn it. Hmm. So, oh no, well, they couldn't even get like Lara Croft and said like uh, Spyro the Dragon, yeah. uh, Crash Bandicoot, their own mascot or something, that Nintendo's getting fucking anyone they want. Well, Nintendo got Cloud and Sephiroth in Smash Bros when they couldn't get it from PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. And I was, again, I would love to see another company try to compete with them in that regard of trying to build up a mystique around their brand. It's like, uh, yeah. Nintendo's like basically the gaming equivalent of Disney. Yeah, right. we often say that to each other, don't we? Yeah, because it's very Disney, easy to... like Disney as well, have built up a mystique around their brand, mm-hmm. and they use like the term like Disney magic and things like that. And can you imagine like Netflix trying to pull that shit off? <laughs> as, like, as big as they are, and as popular as they are, and as much marketing clout and influence they have, they could never get away with saying something like that. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's something that it takes a long time to build up, and I guess it's as well because so many people will have grown up on Disney, Nintendo, both of them. Like mm-hmm. They do have that family-friendly appeal so that you can be like I did. I, I think I first saw Mario when I was like two years old. Probably, yeah. Maybe a year old or something. And it's like Super Mario World was there just on the screen. It's like I can see that as a kid and immediately go, oh, look, like, you know, it's bright, colourful appeals to me immediately. And then... It's like, well, that's not going to happen necessarily when you turn on like a PlayStation or an Xbox game. Unless they're playing Wipeout. Bring back <laughs> Wipeout. Bring it back. Last thing is, is weird, isn't it? Because both PlayStation and Nintendo have like, well, there's Wipeout on this F-Zero and everyone's just like, give us some floaty sci-fi racing game, please. Oh, man. I miss Wipeout so much because there is an incredible... Um, like a little bit of lore in there about cause all the cars um, in white. I don't even know if they're called cars. They probably have like an in-universe name, but the cars in that um, they they're all made by different manufacturers, like similar to uh, Formula One. Mm, and yeah. one of the manufacturers is um, we're really shit. 
It's really? like, we, we don't know. They just said, like, I think their in-game description, because I remember it, because it still sticks with me to this day, is, yeah, we don't know how to make cars, but <laughs> we do have more money than any other company in this competition. And I think the line is, we will throw money at our products so they float on the pure stink of money. <laughs> we want, until they until just the sheer amount of money we throw at them, they'll float on that. That's how we'll do it. Like, we don't have the know-how or the knowledge or yeah. the, the pedigree, but we have got a shit ton of money, and that's Nintendo. <laughs> like, we will throw money at this thing until it works. Oh, God. I absolutely love that. And it, I always love in games when they do that thing of having, like, brands that have, like, certain associations of, like, yeah, Wipeout, you have, oh, here's the different teams of cars and, like, manufacturers like we're playing borderlands you know different guns have different, different manufacturers manufacturers that then mean that you know what kind of trait a weapon has depending on the brand yeah and like destiny does a similar thing of like they recently um was like oh you're gonna get a new tex mechanica exotic gun and it's like because it's tex mechanica you know it's gonna be kind of like themed around like a western type gun and it was like a lever action rifle and it's like, I love that kind of thing of like the, the brands within the universe to make it feel like more complete and um, uh, just more lived in. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's diff- it's a difficult thing to do, and it's a it even is. more difficult thing to do properly. And you can look at a lot, there's a lot of universes where they just don't do that well at all. Like Star Wars is a great example, yeah. where like that universe does not feel lived in at all. Nothing about the universe feels lived in. There's no cohesion between the worlds. Uh, there's no each one just looks like it was designed just for like the cinematic appeal of it yeah it's like uh, one of my biggest frustrations about sci-fi in general is just planets having a single biome like yeah. star wars uh, has that in spades it's like oh yeah um hoff the ice planet tatooine the sun planet. planet and it's like wait so there's nothing no it's just sand uh, okay, J- <laughs> Jakku, the second sand planet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kashyyyk, it's just trees. And yeah. No, just trees, trees everywhere. We only have trees. There are only trees on this planet, because, but that's not how plant Trees, awesome. <laughs> it's almost like you didn't think about this universe at all. It's like, it's hard to even name a single country in, you know, on Earth that exists. And has a single and bio. that just has like one single thing. Antarctica and that's about it and that's what the literal yeah. polar extreme of the planet <laughs> but it's the standard in the Star Wars universe I can't think of any planet in that universe that actually has more than a single biome or more than like a single gimmick to it yeah exactly yeah. each one is an insular idea it's not a melting pot no it has like one theme and then everything on the planet is that one thing like they even have like a casino fucking planet in that yeah. series oh this is the planet where it's just a big casino an entire, really, an entire fucking planet is a casino. <laughs> and I think it's, as you say, a weakness of sci-fi in general, because even when I'm thinking, oh, like, what's a, a better built world in sci-fi that appeals to me? And I think Mass Effect. And then yeah. even when you think about Mass Effect, it's like, yeah, each one's kind of like, here's the lava planet, here's the icy planet, here's the jungle planet. Here's the planet with one base on it where you go do a mission. Is there anything else? No, everything else is gone. <laughs> There's nothing else on the planet. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. Ha- have a be- have a more interesting idea than one thing. Just and, one. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, Mass Effect, it's got really well-built universe, but even then, that follows the same trope. 
Yeah, and it's one of my most hated tropes of sci-fi in general. Just like, yeah, every planet has one thing to do with it. So you got any tropes from media that you, you're just not a fan of? Or like you see them in your eyes just roll into the back of your head? Um, I probably do, but like that's a you throw me off there on a, a tangent I wasn't prepared for. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of tropes that I dislike, and immediately you know, just ones that come to mind are like, oh, the classics of like damsels in distress and things like that. But yeah, I'm sure I could give a much more nuanced take. Uh, but yeah, like I, a... I did not have time to prepare. Oh, okay, well, some points I Mars has only one biome. It actually it has mountains and valleys. Hmm. Like, but whereas in Star Wars, that'd be the mountain planet and it'd be nothing but mountains. And bear in mind as well that like these are made out to be habitable planets in Star yeah. Wars. With um, civilizations on them. Mm-hmm. So like, this- yeah, Mars might be a big old rock, but we're looking at Mars as like, yeah, there's no life on Mars. Like nothing can exist there as far as we're aware. Um, so there's a big difference between looking at an inhospitable planet and going, yeah, it's a big rock. But then, as you said, like there's civilizations built on these other planets in Star Wars and other places. And the civilization has like one um, religion. They have yeah. like one as well. It's like the, you can expand that to like alien races. Like Star Trek suffers from that a lot, where it's like um, the humans in Star Trek are all like nuanced and they have like you know different opinions and lives. And there's like you know it's a melting pot of culture. And it's like what what are the Ferengi? They're all obsessed with trade. Every Ferengi <laughs> fucking loves trade. What about uh, the Klingons? Honor. All they yeah. ever talk about is fucking honor. Is there yeah, any like, other? Kind? No, all honor. Is there any nuance in that species at all? No. Nope. All that? No. Nope. No. Nope. Do they have any culture beyond? No. <laughs> it's like, oh come on. And they get it. It's difficult to write that, but it would be interesting. I'd love to see it explored more. Yeah, it would be really interesting, and it's one of those things of just... It's very, very hard to not only craft interesting characters, but then craft a world of, like, detail and a universe of detail in terms of sci-fi. Like, imagine how many people for how many years have to sit down and would, like, have to build entire cultures that are made up for background scenery within a movie or game. Yeah, it's only like your absolute, um, just most, uh, just perfectionist, crazy ass level directors and writers and stuff who do that. Like your George R. R. Martins, your Tolkien's, um, uh, your Akira Kurosawa's in regards to film. Have you ever heard any like the crazy bullshit he used to do? Uh, not specifically, no. And so Akira Kurosawa was a Japanese uh, film director, like one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think he did like Seven Samurai, all those ones. Um, and what he would do is he would write. Um, entire diaries full of backstory for every character and give them to the actors and say, this is your character. You need to become this character. Um, yeah. Once you have read this, once you have read the diary and become the character, add to it yourself in, in the character's own um, uh, opinions and like thoughts and keep oh this God. diary as your character. And then there's like scenes in a hospital where it's like, okay, we set the hospital scene up and he'd go up to the drawers and he'd open them up and go, well, there's nothing in the drawers. Well, these drawers don't need to be opened. But it's a hospital scene. Put some, in, <laughs> put some instruments. This is a thing he'd actually do. Yeah. Put some instruments in the the, the drawers. They put instruments in. What my film is set in the 1940s. These instruments are not from the 1940s. Put in period accurate instruments. Like that. That's the kind of level of like crazy bullshit you need to have. If yeah. You want to like create a good universe. That's the weird thing, isn't it? Of I mean, 
It's one thing in a movie where you can go, well, we know that drawer is not going to be opened. But, but yeah. like when you're playing a video game, for example, and this is an entirely interactable world and you, you go into a house, it's like, well, they've got one tin of beans. <laughs> it, really? That's yeah, it? The, the fallout problem. Yeah. Like every house is just bombed out and there's like, oh, this is supposed to, like when you go, like, I remember playing Fallout 3 and they talk it's like 100 years in the future, everything has been picked clean. And you go into mm. a supermarket and you find food on the shelves. It's like, like, <laughs> fuck, like fuck you would find food on the shelves. Like, and it's a... not just food. It's like tinned food and dried food. They're first fucking things you go for in an apocalypse. And there are bandits living here. If, like, if they wanted to make it realistic, there'd be nothing on the shelves. It would all be hidden away in like a lockbox controlled by the strongest bandit there. Well, did you see um, pictures of what was like the, the shops in America were like during the... Um... The storms and things a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Pick nothing left. And there was like there was just images of entire supermarkets, every single item picked clean off the shelf, and you're telling me that in Fallout there's still food items there. That you can find anywhere. They'd be gone like, in a day. Less than that. Yeah. You won't even have you won't even have time. No. I did like though those pictures you saw of America, the only thing that was left over was um uh, like Dasani. Because <laughs> like fuck Nestle. It's the only thing people don't want. Oh, God. You know it's bad when there's nothing left in the shop and you're stood left standing. It's like um, right at the start of lockdown over here when I went to the shop and they were trying to limit the sales of things. It's like tinned food. Like, you can only get, say, for example, like, you know, 10 tins of soup. Because no one really needs 50 fucking tins of soup. But Mm. um, one of the things that that I never saw them ever rationing (laughs) was... Those really, really shitty, like, um, uh, what are they, pot noodles that aren't proper pot noodles. Oh, the fake pot noodles. The, yeah. They never, ever ration them because no one's that desperate. Oh, God. No one I was desperate enough to stock up on them. Still remember just struggling for about two months to find some rice. I know that people just went mental on like pasta and rice. It's like impossible to get any. And no one was making enough stuff with it. Because that's the thing as well. I knew all the people buying it weren't making anything good with that rice. <laughs> like, uh, there, was, there was enough. There was enough There was enough for everyone. I was lucky because I'm in a city. Because hmm. I, I was asked this by like my dad. And I was like, oh, so you never had any problems with that? Because we did. Like, well, the hmm. problem is for you, dad, you live in you know, a town. When you go yeah. to the shop, you go in your car. Mm-hmm. And when people are going in their car, you are getting people going in their Land Rovers, filling up three trolleys worth of stuff they don't need, and yeah. taking it out. I'm in a city. Realistically, you people can only buy what they can carry. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit more if they like, um, uh, you know, bring like a like a tr- one of those little trolleys with them. But for the most part, people can only buy what they can carry, so they buy mm-hmm. what they need. So shelves around where I live were never empty. We never ran out of anything except for hand sanitizer. Because yeah, some, yeah. some shops didn't put um, uh, limits on it and you had those dickheads going in and buying like entire cases. Well, for the most part, yeah. we never run out. That was the, the case for the start of lockdown for us of like, yeah, for the, you know, generally speaking, we could go into a shop and get some things because I should say people weren't in cars, but then it kind of reversed on us like a month later when we still couldn't get items to like bake bread or get pasta or anything. And my sisters and my dad and stuff turned around of like, that's still a problem for you? And it's like, well, yeah, because we just kind of live on like a weekly food shop, but a lot of people 
outside of the city generally you know a bit more affluent and have already got like pantries with food filled and stuff yeah so they're not living week to week on a, a food shop they already have pasta in the back just waiting to be used and things like that yeah i physically don't have a space in my house because i when yeah. i did my first initial shot because i did my two weeks staying in just couldn't find enough space for it i was like i need it under my fucking bed and shit <laughs> Well, I just thought it was always really funny, though, when I saw people going in and buying, like, 30 tins of one soup. It's like, you're going to get bored of that soup after the first week, mate. Yeah. Like, just get a mix. Get a mix. Be nice. I mean, it depends, because, like, I know Jenna goes into shops, it's like, oh, well, there's uh, 12 tins of food, uh, 12 tins of soup. How many of them are vegetarian? Oh, two. Okay, oh, great. Got, I guess got I'll live off two her. different types of soup forever. Oh, that's got to be gutting for her, on it? Yeah. Being a, veg- being a veggie. It's like, I respect the choice, but I just look at that and I'm like, oh, no. Oh. I, can't eat, I can't eat two tins of soup for the rest of my life. Then again, I eat the same thing every day anyway, so. <laughs> I'm try- You'd get bored of eating the same thing every day, but that's what I do. Yeah, that's the thing of like um, what I'm having every morning now is I'm making smoothies. But I, I know the, I, the trap that a lot of people fall into with smoothies. They put too much fruit in. Because mm. fruit, oh yeah, fruit's good for you. Not when you like blend it and drink it. You're basically just drinking <laughs> pure sugar. So yeah. my smoothies every morning, I'm having um, a squeeze of lemon juice, um, a little like half orange, like a little bit of orange juice with some water, and then it's kale, spinach, um, <laughs> cucumber, and chia seeds. And it's yeah. not bad. It's not bad. But I'm having that like every morning with supplements and water, and I just go and I. You have to drink it very quickly because if you don't, it doesn't. It separates, oh. and then when you look at the bottom, it's like, oh no! Because then you got to do that last little dregs of all the kale at the bottom. It's like, I don't want the kale. Yeah, no one wants to drink like, blended kale. Oh god, they don't. But Jenna was making smoothies last summer, and like, yeah, it was mostly just like milk and spinach with bits of fruit put in there, like a couple of handfuls of fruit, mm-hmm. rather than like I'm gonna fill up. A giant, like, litre-sized cup of just sugar water. like Yeah, that's yeah. the problem a lot of people... Well, not the problem, it's the mistake a lot of people make when it comes to smoothies. Cause I remember mm-hmm. I told you about my friend who was a personal trainer for a bit, and a yeah. guy was coming and said, I don't know, I'm not losing weight. Cause, well, what are you having a day? Well, I have, um, a smooth, I have two smoothies a day, meal replacements, and then I have, like, you know, um, just a, a lean lunch, you know, um, yeah. a decker-sized car, piece of, like, lean protein, like chicken, uh, with rice and spinach, because... That doesn't sound too bad. So what do you put in these smoothies? And he goes, okay, so I put in six bananas. <laughs> you, you, you do what, sir? Six bananas. Is that split? No, six bananas in the smoothie with a <laughs> litre of milk. And then like three scoops of protein powder. And he went, so you, you're having 12 bananas a day? Said, yeah. You're having like the equivalent of 40 spoonfuls of sugar a day mm-hmm. with all that. Christ. Yeah, and he was having like 12 bananas a day. It's like, how much do you shit? <laughs> like, your your ass must be like a fucking McFlurry machine oh, when it's coming out the other end. You ain't got a choice. Like, what? It's 12 bananas a day? I respect it. I don't. <laughs> but like, he was genuinely confused. In his head, banana equals, like, yeah, one banana a day is fine. 12, that's a bit of an issue. It's like, you know, a chicken breast is fine. If you eat fucking 12 of them. Yeah. Things are going to start to get a bit... Um, Everything uh, in moderation, isn't it? That's the the, the, um, the, yeah. the key, the cardinal rule of anything to do with dieting. I just found that so funny. Because when he was yeah. telling me, he's like, he couldn't stop laughing <laughs> in the back office. He's like, he's like, 12 bananas a day. 
That's a lot of bananas. That's a lot. It's so many. Like, what does it look like when he goes shopping? <laughs> yeah. Like, Joe, it will look like Donkey Kong. It's the banana horde. So you just got the giant big things of the bananas and takes that with him. I, I still get fascinated. I still want to know what the guy was doing when I saw him in Tesco and his tire trolley was just like three big crates of yogurt and like like natural yogurt and then um, a bottle of vodka and I was just like that guy's having a good day like has he gone shopping for a restaurant that's run out of yogurt and then just go oh, I'm putting fucking vodka on this probably yeah <laughs> like yeah because I've had to do that before like when I worked in the restaurant so oh, we need to go for a milk run Mm. I, don't, I don't want to go for a milk run because you have to buy like 20 litres of milk and it's such a ball ache carrying like three carrier bags full of fucking milk. Well, uh, like when I was at Nando's, we, we didn't get avocados on our delivery once. Oh, no. And we went into Tesco and we were just like, right, we need to buy as many avocados as possible. But they saw us in our uniform and they went, uh, there's a limit on items now. We were like, what? It's like, you can only get uh, three of each item. We, this was pre-COVID, by the way. This just nothing to do with COVID, and we were just like, "Oh, okay." And then we, someone else came in like before their shift. It was like, "Right, don't put your uniform on. Go into Tesco and buy a shit ton of avocado." They came back with like twenty. It's like, <laughs> it's just because they saw us in the uniform. They were like, yeah. No, no, you can't come in and buy all our avocados from us. The one that I yeah. used to like doing is when you get sent on an ice run. Because that was like, I used to, I hated it at first until I realised I get half an hour off work. Mm, yeah. So uh, when I worked in a nightclub, and like it's like two or three in the morning, it's like, okay, we're out of ice, go on an ice run. So you take <laughs> a bin liner and just go to another bar and be like, look, we run out of ice from this bar down road. Can we go ask your manager if we can have some ice? So what I'd do is I'd be like, yeah, I'll do that. And I'd just go to the bar next door and have a drink. <laughs> just on shift. So I'd just go yeah. in and go, oh, yeah, um, would you mind if I get some ice? And say, while I'm here, can I just get, like, you know, a Coke or something like that? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, because obviously you're wearing a uniform. So I'd just stand there and say, oh, give him it. Right, it's, we're really rushed off. I'd say, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> and if anyone's, like, before anyone says anything, I, I clean the fucking toilet, so I earn my money. Yeah. I earn my, and I knew that at the end of my shift, I had to clean all the bogs. So if you know what, fuck it, if I'm being on company time, I'm having a drink. <laughs> I'm getting, I am doing it, but... I feel like that's a good way to, you know, end the, the conversation for today. Yeah. We're trying to keep these things streamlined, this episode 70 of the podcast. So folks in my chat and folks in Luke's chat, if you'd like to ask us some questions, now's the time. Now is the time, yeah. Now is the time, yes. And for people in my chat, you can use exclamation point Lucas to find Luke's stream. And love. so we do like, we go back and forth, don't we? One from mine, one from yours. Yep. Um, and two, we do that. But while all that, oh. like, you know, while the questions are filtering in all that uh, malarkey, mm-hmm. Lucas, you got anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just plug what I plugged at the start of this podcast again. Of like, mm-hmm. go check out my new YouTube video. It's a, a bit of a passion project of mine. It's it just a series that I would like to get kicked off the ground, but I, they take quite a lot of time and they don't get too many views. So it's a, yeah, it'd be I, nice to get a bit of a boost. Yeah, so how's that been going, like, um, uh, in regards to, like, time-wise? Because this is the first video you've done that's not, like, a playthrough of sorts. I know you've done a couple of, like, smaller things, but... With, like you said, this is a passion yeah. project. I know you've been doing it for a while. Like, how mm-hmm. long would you say on average it's taken to make? Uh, well, just like the first to give people an did, idea at home. Yeah, the first one I did was like um, just kind of to kind of gauge interest for that kind of series and that kind of video. Mm-hmm. And it was just me talking to camera and the research and writing maybe took like 
half a day to a day. So it wasn't too bad and like putting it all together, maybe like a full day's work. But then, um, yeah, I think for the Golbat video, I had to, again, research and write this entire thing and um, like triple checking my facts because I don't know anything about like the science of how much blood can be lost from a body and shit like this. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, going and probably spent another four hours capturing footage specifically for Golbat things and trying to find points in the script that I'd already written of like, oh, well, I mentioned here like, Golbat biting things. Let's get a bit of footage of Golbat biting something, and that's like ten seconds worth of video. But it's something that took like five minutes worth of setup. Yeah, and then um, you get the setup for it. You have to do the um, uh, like uh, label all your footage, so you know, put it all in order. Then you got to edit it all into like you know, keys of narrative. So like seven minute video. Yeah. So seven. Minute uh, video. Yeah, it was like seven and a half minute video that probably took me um, maybe like three days worth of work putting it all together because uh, it was just like oh i've got a couple of hours free here to to do some work a couple of hours here and there so yeah for like seven minutes it took me multiple days and i'm gonna not earn any money off it so it's like one of those of it's just something i want to do in my spare time but trying to explain to people how much time goes into seven minutes of a video is kind of rough yeah and i thought i'd just mention that because it's uh, something we deal with quite often people just not realizing how much time goes into making um, mm -hmm. content even content that looks as simple or as easy to make as um like just oh like people might think oh surely all you got to do is get some footage of Golbat and then like read over the top yeah like, nah you've, you've got to like as you said you've got us three days of work on and off mm -hmm. plus like all the time you've had to spend like building your channel in the first place you've got a place to put yeah. it like um all the other stuff that doesn't really get noticed or um appreciated such things like you know building a logo a cohesive theme Mm -hmm. Like a, a tone for your channel, like finding equipment, getting a space to film, all that stuff. It all goes in and it all takes time. And that time really fucking adds up after a while. Yeah, and it's funny because like a lot of people might just see like, oh, you've got a YouTube channel. That's what you put your time and effort into. But it's like, that doesn't pay the bills. Like I get, you know, I might get $50 a month from my YouTube channel that has a couple of hundred videos on it. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that does not pay any bills. Like, Carl, the work that I do for Carl, you know, podcasting here and doing my, my editing for Fact Fiend, that's what ends up paying my bills. And all of my streaming and making my own content is just supplementary stuff that, uh, at the moment, doesn't really earn me too much, but I really enjoy doing it. Yeah, but that's the hustle you've got to do, isn't it? And it's, um, it is. Uh, the idea is the time you put in now, well, hopefully... Uh, in the near future, like pay off. Like, what is it? Like, you reap what you sow. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's all too many times we've um, experienced and dealt with separately and um, um, as a group, people trying to just coast off of the success of others. Like recently, you see the thing I got of a guy's like, "Hey, I want to start my own YouTube channel. Do you mind if I just read out your articles when I do it?" <laughs> yeah. Carl, you'll get exposure though. Yeah. <laughs> Like, really? Like, I appreciate that they try to reword the base concept of we will pay you an exposure. It's like, no, or, I'll, you oh, yeah. let me steal your ideas. And then I... Just get like on. educating people about your articles. Uh, don't worry, like, my favourite thing is, which is I'll link to your articles in the bottom. It's like, I fucking better, well, I hope you won't do that to <laughs> 
Uh, like, that's the thing. And people like that, they're not going to um, succeed. Because mm. they don't have it in them to like, you know, put the work in that is necessary. Um, one, to yeah. achieve success, and two, to maintain it. Mm, and as well, like it's just um, having like an idea for yourself as well, really, isn't it? And yeah. that's the thing is this um, this series and a couple of other things that like I had on the mind when I was creating my own YouTube channel. Ironically, is the reason I made it in the first place, and the gaming stuff was meant to just be like extra stuff to put out because and it ended yeah, up being... like you've got to keep content on the channel. But obviously, I've just been so busy that i haven't been able to put all of that free time into all of these videos but it's i realized that just having gameplay content is not unique to my channel so i need something else so you know you need the unique selling point you do yes and no one's really asking questions in my chat so this might be a super short podcast by our um uh, um uh, usual uh, standards yeah. so you got any questions in yours because no one's asking me anything it's great yeah I love, so i love this someone in my chat says Oh, okay. Uh, where do you draw the line with referencing th- something and just plagiarizing it? Particularly Easy. with movies and other shows, to other movies and shows, like with Hot Fuzz. Uh, it's easy. Um, if it's done with love and consideration and just, um, not maybe not reverence, but just appreciation for the thing that's been referenced. Mm-hmm. So like with Hot Fuzz, um, those references... Um, they're very clearly homages done out of like you know love, respect, and care for the things that inspired what's happening in that film. They're yeah. not ripping it off, and they're not ripping it off wholesale either. No, and it's they're also just as well taking little unique lines here and there to pop into what they know are going to be cool parts for the film. It's also as well they're not um, with that. If uh, usually the way a good way to look at it is if you took out the references. Would the scene still make sense? And the answer is with something like Hot Fuzz, yes. Whereas yeah. stuff that's like, you know, directly ripping other things off, if you took away the reference that they're making, they don't have a scene because that's all it is. Mm, yeah, like Ready Player One, for example. Movie. If you take out all the references and stuff in Ready Player One, what do you have? You've got fucking nothing. <laughs> you don't have a product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to think of it. That I've not thought of it before that way. I appreciate it. But yeah, like. Um, in regards to that, it's just the line is drawn at. Do they? Does the person have respect for the thing that they're referencing? Yeah. Like, is there due consideration, time, and care taken? And sure. there is with something like um, uh, um, uh, was it now Hot Fuzz, mm. Sean of the Dead. Like some of the references in Sean of the Dead as well actually flew over the head of the original thing they were referencing. Because uh, there's, <laughs> there's a line in um, Sean of the Dead where it's like, "We're coming to get you, Barbara." And oh, that's. Yeah. That's a reference to, I believe, um, Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead, the original one. Mm-hmm. And the story goes that um, Edgar Wright apologised to... Oh, God, what's the guy now? Fuck. George A. Romero? George, George A. Romero, yeah. He was meeting him. He saw it and he was asking... He went, I hope you don't mind that we stole your line. I was like, what line? We're coming to get you, Barbara. Went, that was a reference to one of my films. <laughs> like, he, like, it was a reference so inside, even the guy who they're referencing didn't get it. And... Apparently, the mum was named Barbara just for that one line. Yeah, so they could put yeah. that line in. <laughs> and that's one of the things of like, so... And you can tell like when something like that happens, that like Edgar Wright fucking loves film. And he loves yeah. the films that he was like homaging and referencing. Yeah, he and clearly he, does. And he, he does it well. And it's one of those things of like, those movies feel crammed with cool references 
like that, but they're not actually crammed with it. They just stand out as cool little moments. And they're just done so well. And they're not the the ones. Like, I call them like the Star Wars moments. I think it's Red Letter Media point out, Joe, uh, they are discussing a Star Wars film. I think mm. it was uh, Force Awakens or something like that, what they thought might happen. So, oh, no, it was Solo. And they said, at one point in the film, I they were theorising, I bet we have like a moment of a kid walking past and go, oh, come on, Luke. Well, it shows it didn't happen, but they theorise it and they say. And that most moments like that exist for people in the audience to go, that's Luke Skywalker. It's like, we fucking know. It's not a reference. It's like, it's fuck. we know. Yeah. You know that thing? Oh, God. I never even watched Solo, so I don't know specifically with that, but yeah. They don't have that moment in there, but they do have like the guy who comes in like, he doesn't like you, the guy from the bar. Oh, God, and it's like, yeah. One of those things that you see on YouTube of references you may have missed. Like, how do I miss it? It's fucking on screen from moment one. It's they the only thing. slap me in the face with it. It's the only thing in frame as it happens. It's not a subtle reference where, like, you got said, like, Sean the Dead had references in it that the original creator did not catch. <laughs> That's a fucking good one. That is, yeah. Let's have a look. So, we've got some more questions now. Da, 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 da. Um, I get that you like TV shows. I love that. I get that you like TV shows. Can you imagine how fucking sad someone would be to just, like, not enjoy TV? <laughs> like, what do they do with their time? I don't know. Uh, but do you like anime? Yeah, so, no, okay. then. No, no. Uh, Carl well, just showed off his Sailor Moon t-shirt. Yeah, there we go. I don't get... Why do people hold anime? It's, like, it's a, a genre in of itself. I mean, I guess it is, but it's not some we- weird holy grail of... Of thing is just yeah I I enjoy it's just, I enjoy watching stuff I I consider it part of the spectrum of entertainment I don't like consider it to be its own thing other people would and those people are boring mm. because they make their entire life about watching anime yeah like, like just for, don't attach your personality to anything media related really yeah like, you like, can enjoy something but don't make it your entire life well think about like just go back to what we talked about references mm. um. Yeah, if you like like a show, like you know, get something like maybe put it on a shirt or something like that. Don't wear the shirt and then a jacket with it on and then a hat with it on and then <laughs> and like just every and then make like your entire bedroom like fifty fucking posters of this one thing. Although I will say that um, I kind of did that by accident. Of like, I've got a Gwen Stacy um, like so Spider Girl hoodie. I've you got, got the hoodie, yeah. I've got a Miles Morales uh, snapback cap, and I've got an um, like. Endgame Spider-Man backpack, whereas like the uh, the Iron Spider, yeah, Spider yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm wearing Spider-Man hat, Spider-Man jacket, and Spider-Man backpack, but they're all different Spider-Men, so it's okay. I can get yeah. away with this. It's technically not the same Spider-Man. <laughs> I was just like, oops, I shouldn't have put this all on. <laughs> it's fine. Well, any questions in your chat, Mon Uh Just a quick little one. Someone yes. just said. Uh, Question regarding my beard. Do I use any beard oil, farm, wax? Just out of curiosity. I just use a bit of beard oil and would recommend it to anyone growing a beard because otherwise they start to get a bit like straggly and a bit homeless man looking. Yeah, and um, I, I also use beard oil on, on, this, yeah, on this fucking just mountainous man beard that I have. I don't know. But it's just our, our advice in general, isn't it? Of like, Look men, please don't be scared to use like beauty products and whatnot just like look after yourself moisturize you know every use day beard oil blah 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 just yeah there's nothing wrong with trying to look after yourself uh, every day i have a morning routine and um, i wake up i um uh, i got my 
on my skincare, so it's, I think it's you cleanse, exfoliate, um, uh, tone, then moisturize. I think mm. is the order. So I have like four different like skin washes that I use every morning. Um, like I've got stuff for my hair. Like I've got really, I buy that Aussie stuff, the best fucking shampoo. It smells fucking awesome. You know what? I use Aussie stuff as well, Carl. Because it, it yeah. smells so good, doesn't it? Every time I wash my hair, like, you got to do that. I, I remember when I was younger and I was like, oh, but that stuff got recommended to me, by the way. And I was like, oh, but it's so much more expensive than the other ones that I use. It's like but seven quid a bottle. That extra few quid per bottle is worth it to just look after yourself a bit, pamper yourself. Yeah, uh, always look after yourself. Drink plenty of water, all that stuff. I mean, I'll drink plenty of water. Like this is bigger than my fucking head. Yeah, my bottle of water right now. And if you don't, like, like, a bit drink... of cordial in it, yeah. But you know, yeah. And if you drink cordial, make sure you get sugar-free cordial. I'll put lemon juice or something in there. But um, yeah, to sugar-free. look after yourself. And if you have a beard, uh, trim it, maintain it, and use beard oil. Yep. Like there's, I, I would struggle to think of anything. That's like more of a put off than somebody being unhygienic, like unattractive. I yeah, I can't think of a more um, from a superficial standpoint. There's really not many um, uh, traits a person can have that are more unattractive than that. Mm-hmm. Like just someone like having a slovenly appearance and like have it like just not because it, it speaks to a person's just wider personality. Like if they don't even care to look after themselves. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to be that good in a relationship? Yeah, are they going to look after you? Like, if they like can't a, look after themselves, are they going to look after you? Is that when you see something like dirty nails or something like that? Mm. And you look at it and go, well, ugh. Well, like, you I, touch I stuff like that every day. I get it, that's part of your job. Yeah, if that's then, what... Like, if you, you, know, you work in a job where your hands are going to get filthy, then there's nothing wrong with after your shift going home and making sure your hands are clean. Mm-hmm. It's like, there, there are people that I've met where it's like, yeah, well, my job means that my hands get dirty. It's like, but living at home, your hands don't need to be dirty. Why are your hands dirty while you're at home? You can get a shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. So, so well, any more questions in my chat? Do, 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 do. Um, that's just a really boring one, so no thank you. <laughs> Subs or dubs, I couldn't be less of a fuck. Whatever you prefer. Yeah, and the thing is, the people who do care, they're so boring. Mm-hmm. I've never encountered a more boring person than people who re- legit give a huge shit about subs or dubs. Yeah. Like, I've had people get annoyed at me like when I'm playing Dragon Ball Fighters for using the wrong voice. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> Why do you care that somebody else is playing a game with the wrong voices? Like so I get it because you know I've time. There's times when I've watched um, somebody play fighters or like a combo video or whatnot, and I get thrown off a bit when they're using Japanese voices because mm-hmm. I've always, specifically with Dragon Ball, because I grew up watching it on English TV. I've always watched it uh, with dub rather than sub. But yeah, the it can throw you off here in the other version because that's not the character that you're used to. But who fucking cares? Like enjoy it how you want to enjoy it. Yeah, and you wouldn't give someone shit for it. Mm. And the only time it's ever made sense to me is with my girlfriend who is Japanese and speaks Japanese. Mm-hmm. So when she watches them, she says like, there's a lot of subtleties that are often lost in the translation. So mm. unless the translation uh, is especially good, I prefer to watch it in the original language. Plus it helps me with my Japanese. It's like, that's probably one of the few times I've heard someone give me a legit explanation for why I should give a shit either way. 
Yeah, and that's totally true. And it's a bit of a shame because I know there's a lot lost in translation, but there's also a lot lost translation. Like, there's like a tier of like, you know, actually understanding the Japanese voices. Then the the subtitles, which will lose a bit of nuance. And then the dubs, which sometimes just completely change the context of a line. Yeah, like the good example of that is the Batman anime that came out where the story is completely different in Japanese. Oh, like wow. They, they just cut the story differently. <laughs> and it can happen. It happens a lot with a Gretzko. There's a lot of like subtle translations that are mm. um, like... Because these subs are really, really true to what's been said. And some of the, um, the, the actual meaning and implications of a lot of things being said are lost. But like, it's, translating stuff's not perfect. Translating stuff is very difficult, especially mm-hmm. from like languages that work differently, like Japanese to English and vice versa. It's like a lot of um, European languages all work off a similar base, so translating isn't that hard. Yeah, they um, all they all share a similar root language, whereas Japanese mm-hmm. does not. But yeah, I the only that's the only time I've ever heard someone explain it in a way where I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see why you yourself would be annoyed because it's like your culture that is sometimes being misunderstood or misrepresented by bad translations. But then, but you know, even like, then, would they get mad at somebody else watching it in the way they wanted? No. Yeah, exactly. They only like prefer to do that themselves. Like we were watching a show at the same time. It's like there was. It's like I don't mind reading the subtitles. I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like if you watch, like when you watch Dragon Ball, I don't care if you watch it either or. Mm. It's fucking Dragon Ball. Who cares? We were watching like it was um, Your Name, which I think is oh like yeah, a, uh, really big over there. So like, it's you kind of need to watch it with subtitles because like there's a lot of nuance that will be lost in the um, direct translation. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is fair enough. That is fair enough, yeah. Uh, any questions in your chat? Uh, yeah, uh, there's someone Walla. here yeah. asking uh, advice for someone learning to edit for their own channel. And honestly, like the the way I learned the basic stuff was either like just you know some simple YouTube tutorials, or when I managed to have a bit of money to buy Adobe. The tutorials there are actually really good and they'll show you like how to do something and then they'll put you in like a demo environment with demo clips and stuff and go, okay, now you do it yourself. And if you do it wrong, the tutorial won't actually let you progress. Like It is literally a tutorial um, rather than just an explanation, which is really nice. But then I will also, if you know how to edit simply, say um, there was like a video by Freddie Wong that I looked up of just how to make life as an editor a bit easier. Okay. He basically when oh, here is how I have my uh, keyboard shortcuts all set out for ah, Premiere okay. Pro. And that means that I've got everything available on, like, my left hand when I place it just here. I never have to move my hand. Like, everything is accessible from my fingertips rather than the way that the shortcuts are laid out, you know, by uh, default, you have to mm-hmm. move yourself across the keyboard a lot, and it saved me a bunch of time watching like a ten-minute YouTube video by him, and then lining up all my keyboard shortcuts to whatever the hell he had. Mm-hmm. It's just saved me probably hours worth of edits on some edits. Like it just makes a lot of things simpler. And I don't really have much advice beyond that. I learned mine in college, and the one good bit of advice I can give it is if you have a problem. If you just literally just type in 
exactly what your problem is, mm-hmm. visually what you see on your screen, chances are somebody somewhere on a forum has asked about this problem. Because like one I had was I use Vegas, not Adobe, because that's yeah. what I learned on in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I accidentally clicked the edge of like a clip, and it brought up like everything got surrounded by these bright blue lines. And I like, oh god, what have I done? I don't know how to remove <laughs> this setting. Just typed in blue lines on Vegas version, and someone's like, oh yeah, like, there's a guy in a forum asking the same question. Oh, you accidentally clicked this. Double click this, and it'll be solved. Oh, thanks, cheers, done. So I yeah. kind of learned via. Um, just trial and error because the editing that I do is very simple. Mm-hmm. It's just drag and drop into a video and maybe some like a little bit of fine tuning, maybe like some overlays or um, sliding clips into one another. But a lot of that just came from uh, just, again, I just go, okay, I want to fade this clip into this one. Type in fade clip into other clip Vegas version. This person is a perfect explanation on a forum. Maybe I should probably one day sit down to like a full tutorial, but I just learned little bit by little bit by little bit, and I've just like you know cobbled together all that into a, a cohesive skill set that works for me now. Yeah, that's the same with me. Um, I've I got a basic rundown uh, from Nisha when I started working on Fat Fiend of like how she specifically edits Fat Fiend videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's just been a slow process of well, I've got the the basics down, but every time a new problem comes up or I want to add a new edit or whatever, I'll give it a Google, like, it, the answer is almost always there, just, like, after a quick Google search, and you just learn, like, one new thing every every now and then, and it came up recently when I was talking about, oh, the new office setup, you're a lot closer to the green screen, um, mm-hmm. so that means the green screen, yeah. like, shines back on you a bit more, and I learned yeah. about, like, spill suppression, and I never had to know what that was when... We're in the office, but it was just a simple drag and drop that solved my problem. I had no idea existed. And that's not something I'd have to deal with because I don't edit fact feed videos. Um, mm-hmm. um, the stuff I edit is a lot simpler, and that's one of the reasons I have you guys. Because I, I could learn how to do it, but I'm not. I've got other shit to do. I've got to write the articles as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on there. It's, a, um, it's <laughs> I know it's not a skill set that I have. Yeah. And I'm like, you know. Um, big enough to admit, yeah, this is not a skill set that I have, or I'm, you know, it's not an area I'm interested in overly. Um, I've Definitely. got, I'll, I'm happy that I can get by with what I have. I mean, hey ho, like the the goal is to, like, for pretty much any you know creator is to be in this situation where you are, where it's like, oh yeah, I get to like make what I want to make, and then I'll just give it over to an editor, and yeah, they the can dr- edit. I'm living like the the creator dream, which is I get to do the fun stuff, which is making the content, and then someone else does all the legwork. And yeah, I think uh, that probably sums up that one, I think. Is this a podcast? Yeah, that's why it says it's a podcast, and the tagline is podcast. (laughs) This happens so much. Yeah. Someone comes into chat and they have the most amount of information to make it, like, to answer the question they're about to ask, and then they still ask it. Yeah, and we, like, stream a lot of gaming stuff on Twitch. It's like, we'll play Super Smash Bros., and it's like, oh, um, like, Legend of Canada is live playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And I come in, like, oh, yeah, like, the tagline's like, playing, smashing with friends. And it's like, Oh, what's happening? We're playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate with friends because that's what the title says, and that's 
what the Twitch page is telling you is going on. And it's what the um, uh, the little thing says, oh, what's this stream? What are you streaming? Yeah. Yeah, a, a podcast. And it says podcast on the title. But yes, it is. And you know what? That's the last question I'm going to answer because there's people bitching about subs and dubs despite the fact we talked about them being the most insufferable people imaginable. <laughs> it's like, I don't get it. Oh, people who do that are really insufferable. Yeah, anyway, I heard that, but here's why. Subs are there. It's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs>